0: Part four of co-creating with reality. And I absolutely noticed in part three, I interrupted Gideon a few times. So I'm going to let him talk a lot more with this one. Plus, this is sort of your specialty here.
1: Oh.
0: So we are going to discuss in part four, what is really blocking us? Because when you hear the thing said, it just seems almost self-evident So why aren't we already doing it? I'm going to turn the time over to Brother Gideon.
1: Brother Gideon. Well, so the main question we're dealing with in this section is why we do things that hurt us. Like why we get in our own way. So do you see the weirdness there already? It's like, here's what I want to do or here's what I want to create. And then there's... Things that I don't really love about like the outside world but I'm kind of afraid or I you know have self-doubt or I have these beliefs we're like in our own way and that's a weird thing because Maybe we're used to it. Like a lot of people don't really realize how weird it is because we all deal with it to some degree. But So it's useful to compare that situation with us with a situation with like uh, an animal. Because animals have something very different. And that is they don't have ego. They don't have reverberation. Pure instinct. Which we'll hit on more. They just have... Go, you know, they just have instinct, and so if you look at a beaver, beavers build dams instinctually, and they don't go. You know, there's not some beaver going along and going, oh, I'm, I, I feel this need, this desire to build a dam, but I don't know. What if that my dam isn't as good as that other beaver's dam, and and what if this river's like too big or too small and it looks dumb or
0: what if I can't find enough wood what
1: if I can't do it or what if my teeth don't grow back fast enough (laughs) or something like that no none of that happens they just
0: build the damn damn
1: they just build the damn damn that's good so that's what life can be like when we get our ego more in check that to me that's my goal is like here's what I'm going to do. And that's not to say we bulldoze everybody or like we're tyrants with ourselves. It's not about that. It's about being so clear and having such a clear desire and such a clear purpose that, you know, maybe the beaver's teeth are sore one day. You know, I don't know how beavers feel while they're building dams, but they just take a little break or something and then go back at it. It's not a big... Oh no. Blah, existential blah, blah. crisis. Yeah,'re not, they're not constantly having like an identity crisis or existential crisis. So the thing that causes us to get in our own way, we're referring to as ego. and it and it's obviously something different than what we really identify with. like our, our truest self. We don't identify with the thing getting in our way. We identify with the me that wants the true desire. So that's where it gets really, really interesting.
0: Well, yes, is the ego doesn't like to be talked about without bringing itself back into it. So it's sort of like the brain trying to understand the brain with the brain. So we, neither me or Gideon, I know this is going to be a huge shock to you guys, but we have not yet surpassed ego. <laughs> so there's a good chance that the stuff we say is going to partially be coming from that part of ourselves. So we're tr- we're going to do it as clearly as we can because the ego hates clarity.
1: Yeah, and and when we refer to ego... There's different ways of thinking about it, and I don't know, you know, anyone could be watching this, so I don't know how familiar each individual person is with how the term is used, but just like culturally or socially, we use it as um, egotistical, meaning I think I'm better than everyone. And that's a really surface-y, like kind of parlance way to, to use it because i mean it's related but it's just as egotistical to think that you are so much of a worse person than everyone or or you have a harder time than anyone else
0: it's very that's more speaking to the part of the ego that is about self absorption
1: yeah so that's kind of like a, a saying self absorbed and then other ways of referring to ego is just a sense of self But we're referring to ego specifically as that part of us that has gone rogue, like the part of us that is just we're trying to run a race. And then we're like tripping ourselves and poking our own eyeballs out, you know, so the tricky thing is, is that the ego is not its own entity right? It's not its own. Sure
0: feels like it is, doesn't it though?
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. sometimes it does where you're, you so clearly do something to screw up your own goals that you're like, that wasn't like me, right? That's not like me. I wouldn't do that. And it's like, well, you did, you know, and I'm talking to myself. I did do that. So clearly it's like me in some way, right? It's not like the mental image I have of myself, but it is like me. Or it is like my ego. And so while we're going through this, what's going to happen? Because the ego is not its own entity, it doesn't have its own sentience or consciousness. It's a it's a part of our own mind that has like secluded itself off from the rest of our mind. So now it's doing its own thing. So the problem is, is when that happens... <laughs> Then it still is using the resources from our true self because it doesn't have its own resources. Are you gonna bridge it bridge it a little bit for me?
0: It's not that I you're doing a fantastic job. and can I just acknowledge how fun it is to not having to be having all of the conversation myself. I love having Gideon here to do a lot of the work. What as you're speaking, what I'm seeing for myself, is that how I would separate my self, my conscious mind from my ego, is they seriously seem to have different intentions. So this is just one way of looking at it, but I'm, I'm wondering if maybe this resonates for some of you, and I want to hear if it resonates for you, Gideon, also. Because I see myself, right? Um, what is that like, the big S self, as... I really want this beautiful home and this connection with my kids. I want to make a difference in the world and I want to be physically healthy and I want to have strong friendships and um, I want to be the best version of myself that would get me there. And then I see the ego as the part of me that has a whole different game it's playing. And to me, it feels like the part of me that is trying to keep me somehow safe and separate, but who is constantly telling me that in order to be safe, I need to be separate. I don't even know if that, does that make sense? Yeah. But it does feel like they're playing two different games and and there lies the conflict.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're familiar with the Course in Miracles at all, it goes into this a ton, but just to, to Hit hashtag on,
0: highly recommend.
1: Highly recommend A Course in Miracles. Just to hit on this briefly, as humans, we're completely interdependent. Like, There's a lot of creatures that are solitary creatures in the animal kingdom where they're born, and then they go off and they just survive on their own and that's how they do best. And if they find another one like them, then they'll like fight and one of them will die. But humans, we completely rely on each other. We're super, super social. It's an absolute need. You know, I'm sure you've heard and read the stuff about babies actually dying without being touched. So our true selves are completely dependent, interdependent.
0: Interconnected.
1: Interconnected. And so we actually thrive with connection. But the ego is the part of us that loves having secrets and loves being special mm-hmm. and loves being worse or the best.
0: I just have to say, when you say loves being special, you guys are going to be out there saying, I don't love being special. You love being especially something, yeah. right? You love having had an especially traumatic childhood. You love being especially broken. You love being especially confused. And I see this and you guys, again, not judgment, love, love, love coming from my heart. I see it all the time. I will, I will point out actual ways that things can be healed only to have the person say, you don't understand me. You don't understand what I've gone through. Mine is different. So different is special. Especially something is special. That's the ego's need to be special. Totally understandable. Okay, so chill out with the triggers. Go on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's that we can each have strengths and weaknesses and whatever, but the ego loves having the thing that is different and unique and special that that sets you apart from everybody else. And we have those things inherently. You know, we don't have to protect them and fight for them and. Um, feel threatened when they're threatened because we are unique inherently. But the ego is the part of us that needs to be so different, so special. Whether that's um, wanting to be president and the most powerful person, and all of this, or to never leave the house and to just wallow in like poor me, those are those are just two. Sides of the same coin. Neither of them are, are what you really want. It's what the ego really wants.
0: So the ego is not necessarily the part of you that craves being understood. It's the part of you that is so certain you never will be understood. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And, and really, like, there is something true to that because we won't ever fully understand each other. You know, we're way too complex for that. We just have language and we can get pretty close, but...
0: That's why the ego loves that one. Because it's mm-hmm. not one that can ever be... It's not a game that can ever be won.
1: It's using a piece of truth to keep you separated. And stuck. Yes. So another example of, of uh, the ego having a different motive, we even use it in some phrases. The only one I can think of right now is like how we say a pity party it's like wait pity is not a good thing but a party is a good thing so to the ego pity is time for celebration mm, it's
0: like mm, you know? yeah we're going to have a party
1: and there's something there's something really like juicy and satisfying about like that guy didn't ask me out that i wanted to or that woman turned me down and now i'm just poor me poor me ice cream Netflix, whatever.
0: Get to dive into Mm -hmm. how no one understands you and how you are so different and it's never gonna be good for you. And there's something that's very familiar about that. Ego loves familiar, right? Ego really likes that same old, same old, same old conversation. The ego just, because it knows that as soon as it's got you back, and you know, I speak to it like it's separate for reasons, but as soon as it's got you back on that wheel, there's no chance of you moving forward. So anything that the ego part of ourselves can do to get us back on that same old, same old, it's going to do.
1: Yeah. So now why, why we're going into this at all is actually all of this has been a bit of setup up to say that. It doesn't matter how we think of ourselves, that doesn't change who we really are. So that's a good thing, because I've thought of myself as being the worst person ever before, and I didn't suddenly become the worst person ever. I just had to cut through that illusion. And so the issue is, is that we are, on an inherent level, creators. And that's why we're doing this series of becoming co-creators with reality. So we're creators no matter what. But the goal is to become co-creators with reality.
0: Towards what we actually want.
1: Which is what is best for us now and in the future and what is best for others now and in the future. And so because we're creators inherently, like what that really means is that we create like we breathe, we we're breathers, you know, inherently, and we create like our heart beats. So if I say, "Would you mind just stopping your heart, you know, for you know, ten minutes? That, that's all I ask," then you wouldn't be like, "I can't do that." Well, if I said, "Would you mind stop not creating something?" Can then you can't do that. It's actually not an option.
0: I'm going to give them an example of this, right? Okay. So, <clears throat> all right. So let's say this one. Let's say that your mother was very ill and spent, uh, She she. it's like that avoidant, like, I don't want to deal with this. I can't deal with this. This life is too much for me. I'm going to basically go to bed. And it doesn't matter what the reasons were. They can be totally understandable. You guys, something can be understandable without being justified, meaning that it doesn't work for us even when it's totally understandable, okay? Um, And I seriously want to do a whole video on that. But so let's say your mom went to bed for five years. And she may have thought, this is the way I'm going to avoid creating. I don't want, I don't trust myself to create something good. I don't trust myself to be a good mom. Therefore, I'm just going to go to bed and stay out of it. If you're the child of that mother, you know damn well that things got created during that time—abandonment issues, resentment. Um, who knows? I'm, I, you know, all a plethora of things get created when somebody is avoiding their creative powers. This is not one. As long as we are here breathing, we don't get to opt out of this one. We are always creating something for ourselves and for anybody that we're around. And even if you're somebody who kind of hermits and it's like, I'm not going to affect anybody. There is absolutely no way to know that. And also, if you've ever been involved in cleaning up somebody's um, possessions or home after they've passed away you will know that other people will be at the effect of that, even if it's not during your lifetime. So there, what the point here is, is that there is literally no way, as long as you're alive, to opt out of creation.
1: So if you're understanding this properly, you will be triggered, right? <laughs> or, you, or, you, or you have no ego. And it's kind of hard to even. Talk or you're about so it.
0: sick of yourself that you're getting excited. Yeah, right that's now.
1: true. Or maybe you're more in touch with your real self and you're excited. But to the ego, it it means death basically, because a lot of the de- the the ego's um, plans and promises rely on that you are the exception to cause and effect, which is why we brought up cause and effect in the first couple parts. Well, don't worry, you know, if you just don't tell anybody, then there won't be any effects. If right? you just
0: stay single, if you don't have kids, mm-hmm. if you don't have custody of your mm-hmm. kids, if you, you know, quit your job and stay at home.
1: Or if you're a high-functioning alcoholic, you can still do what you need to do. So you're just kind of in in between and it's fine. Well... All of that is false, you know, and sometimes it doesn't show up till a lot later on when it's too late. And those are the really tricky ones because we have to be more brave, more courageous, more self honest than it seems like is necessary. But,
0: or it's that it seems that as it more than is comfortable for sure. Yeah. More than we would prefer.
1: Yeah. So, so what we tend to do, and it's just a tendency, I really work on this a lot, is let's get on top of this in advance before, you know, before it turns into a full out, you know, wildfire. I, I know that flavor, you know, I know that that's the ego telling me something false. And so the whole thing just real quick, like, well, if I don't tell anybody or nobody finds out or blah, 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 well, you could, you know, develop lupus, you know, or or um, cancer, or you or just bitterness or resentment, or y- you know that you have cut a part of yourself off in order to keep that from having an effect outside you. So now it has an effect inside you. So why I say you you are probably triggered if you're understanding this is because the whole premise of the ego's thought system is undermined once you realize that we're creating something no matter what. And as hard as we try to even do nothing, that's doing something. So the ego feels really stuck. But that, what we're saying, just shows the importance of having what we do be under our conscious will and be able to direct our will into our actions consciously, because whether we're directing it consciously or not, something is being created.
0: Um, this may be a good time to mention <laughs> that I think one of the reasons that so many of us, I'm saying us because I'm including myself, spend a lot of time focusing on our childhoods, is because that is when we were actually and truly victims, right? Right. So children um, that don't have the resources and the ability to do the things they need to do are the victims. So it's comforting for us almost in a way, in a kind of twisted way, to go continually to revisit the time when that was true. Mm -hmm. Okay? So again, I really want to point this out. I just kind of want you all to take a deep breath. I know this is a difficult conversation, but I want you to hear this us saying, or me saying, that um, as adults, I'm not saying we're never victims. We're not going to go there, okay? But we're saying we're not always victims. At the very least, we're not always victims. We do have will. We do have say. I want to separate these two things. For anything that happened to you that was traumatic, that was hardwired into your brain, the things especially that happened in your early childhood I feel so much compassion. I feel so much understanding. Okay? Us saying that you can use your will to create something else is not us saying that we don't have understanding and compassion. So I want both for you. I want both for you to feel heard, to feel witnessed, to feel loved, to feel held in a certain space. And to be assisted in moving forward in a way that you love. In in building a life that excites you and that fulfills you. Both of those things are true. Okay? So I'm not trying to take something from you. And I'm not trying to um, push you into something. I am just... We are just trying to invite you into a conversation that could give you some real traction towards what you actually want.
1: Yeah. So I- an example, that this is actually saying that that we're way more powerful than we way think. Way more powerful. Because um, a good example of this is I have had this story that I'm too inconsistent you know I do everything I just do a little try really hard for a while and then stop and try really hard for a while and then stop and it was and I so I tell myself I can't do anything consistently but then I realized and this was when I was smoking that every about a couple hours I would smoke
0: so consistent so
1: consistently whatever was going on I'd find a way to make sure I make it happen So suddenly I was like, all right, so I can poison myself consistently, but I can't, you know, blah, blah, build this business or that business consistently. What's up with that? So consistency was a front, you know, consistency is not my issue. It's that consistency is in the walled off portion of my mind that I'm not under conscious dominion of. My ego had consistency in its grasp and was using it. So it's not that I lacked consistency, it's that I lacked conscious will.
0: It was hijacked.
1: It was hijacked. And so what we're saying is think of, I don't know, say someone that is really afraid of um, deep connection and intimacy with someone. Then think of how strong that fear is, like on a scale from 1 to 10 or something. Maybe it's like an 8. It's like really strong. Well we made that, you know, we created that. And so this is why accountability is the key to our personal power because it's like, wow, I can create something really strong.
0: Accountability includes what we've created subconsciously.
1: Exactly. Like whether I, I don't know why I created that. I don't really remember choosing to create it. But boy, did I create a strong barrier there. I can create strong things. Now I just need to do that consciously you know I need to do that using my conscious will toward my truest desire and then I need to retrieve
0: that part of myself okay so we've we're actually going to get ready to wrap this one up and we're going to complete in part five but I want to say before we wrap this up some of the things that the ego that we are kind of calling out right in the most loving but blunt way like I do um, and like this guy does, in case you haven't noticed, we're a very good match in this way. Believe me, we do this to each other all the time. Sure. true. So, um, but your ego may be saying a couple of things. So I just, before we end this one, uh, I just want to point out to watch for these things. So some of the ego's favorite things to say, especially during con- conversations where it's being witnessed, where we're actually looking at it straight on instead of just in our peripheral and being affected by it, is... This is, um, I'm, I'm so confused right now, but I don't know how. I swear to you, that's the ego's favorite thing to say.
1: It's because it's pretending like it wants to know how. And I used to do this a lot. It's kind of like, I really am interested and I want to learn this. I just don't know how. And, and it uses that.
0: Gets back on the wheel. Gets back in the hamster on the wheel. Um, what are some of the other things? What are some of the things that your ego likes to say?
1: Well, just one thing with all of this is that because the ego is actually part of us and it and it leeches off of our resources, then each thing we learn, the ego is like an adapting virus and it will go, and it will find it some way to right? find some way to use that now in its arsenal. So
0: nothing I do makes a difference. i mm-hmm. I've oh, here's one of my favorites. I hear this from clients a lot. I've tried it before, and they always do that, right? Pretend to be open. I've tried that before. It didn't work. Closed right down. So this is pretend to be open, but the truth is that closed down. That's a, that's a big one.
1: And like it's too late for me, or um, it's genetic, you Ooh, know? Oh, yeah. And, and that's not to say that nothing's genetic. This is
0: just who I am.
1: It's just who I am or um, any form of there's something inherently wrong with me. Like I already, you know, I was confused about myself for a long time and then I realized that this is my problem and that's just part of me. I just
0: really am too traumatized. My brain doesn't work correctly and so therefore I can't. So I'm just, guess what? I'm going to leave you with that because trust me, we're going to come back to part five and it's... We're not gonna leave you forever in this, but I really want you to let this percolate for you. You know, part of my hope is that how much I love you guys is is creating a space to actually have this conversation. Like even right now as I'm saying these words, my whole body is filled with love. It's filled with compassion. And it's filled for excitement that we can move out of this, okay? So let's see, where's your coffee? Right here. (laughs) Okay, I'm excited to come back to uh, part five.
1: Me too, see you then. And also
0: you're a genius. And you're a genius. (laughs) May your coffee be strong.
1: And your life be blessed.